Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. A big show coming up. Plenty of Premier League action. Huge win for United in the Manchester Derby. We'll have a look at all the other results. Also, Munster winning on both fronts just about at Thoman Park in Europe and a big win against Leinster in the women's at Musgrave and we have reaction to both of those Bally Giblin are in action in the Junior All-Ireland Club Hurling Final they're leading 114 to 9 points in Croker and uh, hopefully it's good news for the rest of the evening there and we have a big NFL preview with the Irish NFL show's Colm Cronin on Wildcard Weekend that's all coming up before 7 Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM and as I just said it's looking good for Belly Giblin uh, lost last year of course in the final against Mooncoin by a point Got O'Mahony as an effort here and O'Mahony has squeezed it over the bar that's an excellent score from Cahlo Matney for Bally Giblin 115 to 9 points against Eski at Croke Park it's looking good that the All-Ireland title is going to come home to Mitchellstown so uh, yeah hopefully Bella Giblin can keep on going on that front uh, let's have a look at the rugby action from today big day of rugby of course Munster against Northampton in the Heineken Champions Cup and it was going very very well until Jack who picked up a red card in the first half but Munster clung on they beat Northampton 27-23 and uh, it's looking good for qualification out of the pool stages as well Ashling O'Reilly was watching it's full time here in Townman Park it's Munster 27 Northampton Saints 23 it was most definitely a game of two halves Munster dominating the first with the Saints getting the better of them in the second a big reason being Munster were down to 14 men after 22 minutes when Jack O'Donoghue saw red for a high tackle before leaving the field of play, O'Donoghue got the second try for Munster. A brilliant team try with the other first half tries, both coming from Gavin Coons. Northampton started the second half much better, getting over their first try scored by winger Tommy Freeman with 44 minutes gone. Finns made out of the extras and shortly after added three more through a penalty. Munster, who were yet to score in the second half, looked to be in trouble when the Saints got over for their second try through James Ram. And it was game on 24-17. It continued to be all Northampton in the second half. They had all the momentum, adding three more from a penalty to put just four between them. Thankfully for Munster, they won a penalty 75 minutes gone. Jack Crowdy converted and they managed to hold on to get the win. It ended Munster 27, Northampton Saints 23. Yeah, Gavin Coombs picked up man of the match, uh, two tries and won the penalty at the end as well. Just clung onto that ball for dear life in the mall and eventually the referee gave the penalty and that was it. End of game and it was quite funny in the interview afterwards uh, when he was speaking with Artie, he said, uh, will I give this to Tyg? Uh, obviously uh, saying that that Tyke Bourne had uh, equally if not better a game than him but to be fair Gavin Coombs two tries and to win that penalty he was always going to take home the man of the match award for that but it was a huge effort from everyone in that pack and uh, everyone in the pitch for Munster you know playing 60 minutes down to 14 men in that style of a game was really really tough here uh, is the Munster head coach Graham Roundtree with Ashton O'Reilly after the match play against a team like that the challenges they, they have it's, it's tough enough when you've got 15 then you play for 60 minutes with 14 
makes it even harder uh, and we'll look at how we can relieve pressure better uh, certainly they won the territory battle that second half we had opportunities on their try line which you know, we lost the ball we could have a good look at that but I'm immensely proud of the lads there's a lot of moving parts there at the end of injuries and substitutions and we'll look forward to next week but there'll be a strong review on how we can relieve pressure better even with 14 men yeah exactly down to 14 men after 22 minutes Jack O'Donoghue went off with a straight red did, what did you make of that decision were you able to watch it back uh, it's an onus on us as players and coaches to show better pictures than that and drop a tackle height um, you know it's something that we coach every day and we'll, and we'll, we'll keep pushing that with the lads it, it, it happened you know and uh, we've got to got to accept that we can't we can't let it happen again because that was a massive challenge with 14 men to win that game yeah you managed to hold on in the end Gavin Coombs in particular was really impressive out there he normally is you know he's, he's so important to how we play and his, his work rate is incredible uh, both sides of the ball you know, I'm proud of Gavin and as a whole how would you um, I suppose assess so far this season you know it started slow but now there's really positive signs in Munster you can see how dangerous you are with ball in hand we're getting hailstones on top of us here Graham bring it inside a little bit how would you assess I suppose the positive signs so far from Munster another positive step we were far from perfect tonight but our resolve got us through that game as I say it's a challenge for the team but our game is growing and our belief is growing and that will do us good in the long run. I said to the lads, you know, we, it's a lot of disappointment. We'll have a strong review. But uh, it's good for our belief to win a game like that. And did you say to the lads, you know, we need time. We need time to, to believe, to believe in the process, I suppose. Nothing happens overnight. I just, nothing changes for us really. Week in, week out, we train as hard as we can. And, uh, it, you know, hard work tends to pay off. The, the game, we changed the game plan quite a lot this season. It was always going to take time. Uh, just keep the belief. Yeah, wow, really, really windy and uh, wet home in park there. Uh, Munster head coach Graham Roundtree has to be said, Jack O'Donoghue is a lucky boy because if Munster lost that game, and look, you don't want to vilify a player, especially someone like Jack O'Donoghue who's been a very good player for Munster and he's a leader in that squad, you know, he's usually captain if Peter Matney isn't around um, and he, no one needs to tell him how to feel, uh, you know, he, he knows exactly uh, what could have happened there and uh, the repercussions of his uh, challenge which was a poor poor challenge to be fair and it was definitely a red card um, but uh, look they got away with it Munster got out with the win and that is the most important thing uh, Munster also got a win at Musgrave Park in the Women's Interprovincial Championship 26-17 the, uh, the final scoreline uh, huge story at the end there um, Chloe Pierce and Claude O'Halloran two Munster players got engaged at the end of the match so very uh, big congratulations to them from all here at Red FM Aoife Callum was there for us she spoke first with Mike Story, the assistant coach so great performance out there today great win um, so how was your view of the overall performance ah jeez it's, it's hard to, I suppose it's hard to put in words it was look we were playing against a very good Leinster team very motivated so obviously both teams were, were well up for it um I think we took a little while to settle. Like they got the early try, and we kind of had to, I suppose, get our way back in the game. I was kind of happy that we we got a couple of scores in the in the first half, and then I felt like the second half. To be honest, I think they probably were had the ascendancy for the last quarter, or last kind of ten, at least ten or fifteen minutes, which put us under pressure. But fair play to the girls for their defence to hold out there. Um, yeah, so look, we're happy. We'll take the win. We've got obviously got Connacht next week, so um, we've got to kind of get our 
keep working away for the week and see how we get on then. And a much more physical game, I suppose, than Ulster last week. Will your preparations change now going into Connacht? Or are you still kind of keeping that big level of physicality? Um, we'll obviously try and play with it, a bit of physicality, but like training-wise, there's a lot of tired bodies after two, the two intense games in a, in a row. So um, I'd say we'll, we'll kind of wind it back a small bit this week just to allow people to recover. And we'll, we'll see how everyone's fixed come Monday training. And we'll go on from there. And any injury worries or anything off back today? Um, not really. I think we, we were lucky in that respect that there was a few people just got knocks that came off but I don't think they're too serious so again we'll just we'll find out over the next couple of days where they're at and we'll, we'll go from there and I suppose the biggest part of the news is the engagement at the end was that a surprise for the moment thing or were you all on, in on it I knew nothing about it. I know, um, I know, Breezy kind of, I suppose, knew about it, and it was kind of kept quiet between a few people, from what I can gather. And they, they just went through there. But it's delighted, delighted for the two girls. They're, they're lovely. I've known both of them for a long time, and um, you know, they're, they're just, just so happy for them. Yeah, pass on our congratulations, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great stuff. Ad Musgrave Park. Eve also spoke with Dorothy Wall. So big physical performance for me this afternoon. How are you feeling after performance? Oh, delighted. Um, it was a real physical battle. I kind of haven't come down from the adrenaline yet, to be honest. Also not feeling all the soreness of my body. But, <laughs> you know, we took it in 10-minute blocks. It was kind of a next job thing. You know, there was a knock-on. What's our next focus? So it was just a continuous looking forward, having each other's backs, whether it be a mistake or something good that happened. So just so proud of the entire team and how everyone showed up. There was real heart there. There was work rate. It was tough. Um, there's going to be some broken bodies. But, you know, we beat Leinster at home. You can't beat that feeling. And you're two from two at the moment. How are you feeling going to Connacht? Good, yeah. The series isn't over. Connacht are to be respected too. You know, they're a tough team from the West. Like, they're going to put up a fight as well. So we're going to enjoy this for what it is. Um, and then refocus Monday, recover, get back, get what we want sorted for, like, team shape, etc. for the weekend and focus on the Connacht match. And I suppose great crowd out there today. That uh, extra performance gave you that extra little push near the end. Oh yeah, you could you, know, you couldn't hear yourself. It's some <laughs> sad stages because of the monster crowd and like to know your parents are up there and you know uh, your home club etc. It just means so much. Um, you know it's seldom that you get to play at home for a monster against Leinster and it means so much to get the win and to have everyone you love there. So yeah, massive day. Yeah, great uh, stuff there. Big day for Munster Rugby winning on both fronts. Let's turn our attention to the Premier League just before that. Uh, 55 minutes gone at Croke Park. It's Ballygiblin 115, Eastkey 10 points. So five minutes for Ballygiblin to hold out and uh, get that get their hands on that trophy. Uh, so yeah, let's continue on now with the Premier League and Ivan Tony has just put Brentford 1-0 up against Bournemouth from the penalty spot. Of course, Ivan Tony, who may be facing a, a suspension coming down the line. He's just back from injury. He's a huge, huge player for Brentford. And uh, depending on what happens with that suspension, I imagine he will at least be linked to a lot of uh, clubs if not actually make a big, big move. And one of the teams that may be looking at him are Manchester United, who had a massive win in the Manchester Derby. They defeated City 2-1. Here's Darren Stanage. 
Manchester United 2, City 1, United win the derby, it was a goalless 45 minutes, the champions struck first, De Bruyne's cross headed home by Jack Grealish, putting City in front, dramatic moment though, with 10 to play, Rashford flagged offside as Bruno Fernandes fired home, that was overturned to give United an equaliser, and two minutes later the game was turned on its head, Rashford slid home, Ganacho's cross to make it 2-1, five minutes of injury time, United be able triple chain to protect the lead, and they did just that, Manchester United win here, to go 2 Two points behind City, United 2, City 1. Yeah, and I'd like to take this moment to apologise to all my colleagues here in the Red FM office for what can only be described as hooliganism for the first couple hours of the day there uh, during that game. It was a really good game, to be fair. First half was tense, and uh, after that Grealish goal, things really opened up. United, bit of a smash and grab. That Rashford goal... Or the Bruno Fernandes goal. <laughs> I think the fact I'm even referring to it as uh, as a Rashford goal, um, but uh, Rashford got the winner. But the Fernandes goal for Rashford was uh, offside. Uh, it's a strange one, but you'll take it. Uh, it's like the good old days uh, with those sorts of decisions at Old Trafford. Uh, but yeah, it's are they are Man United Premier League contenders? Well, look, they've done their credentials no harm at all with the victory coming from behind. Here is Luke Shaw. Um, who says they executed their game plan perfectly? From the keeper to every single player on on the outfield was was 100% focused today and you know ready for for what their job was and you know I think without the ball we know we're going to run a lot but if we do that and we're compact and we're aggressive then you know we're a very tough team to break down. Yeah, Luke Shaw was unbelievable at centre back. Like every time you think Luke Shaw's Man United career is over, he comes and just just finds form from somewhere and turns the tide and um he just uh, finds a way to to make himself uh, a starter again and um last year left back was pretty good although I would rather see uh, Martinez in at centre back uh, along with um Rafa Varane uh if that was the case um but I'm just going to grab uh, Pep Guardiola here. Um, he says his team came up short on the day. We perform in our best. We miss a little bit up front. The quality is brilliant for the players, but sometimes it happens. That is not a problem. The problem is no behavior like we were a few days ago in Southampton. Today was completely different like we are. Yeah, well, the Jack Grealish goal was probably the only shot on target I think they had. I don't think David Hay made a save in the whole game. Um, so uh, look uh, City are hitting a bit of a slump and um, Erling Haaland definitely in a bit of a slump as well um, he's 27 and 23 going into the game um, he's still well above a goal a game um, but it's uh, it's interesting to see now what happens with City and Arsenal now would have a chance tomorrow and of course a huge game then next weekend between Arsenal and United which could be a, a huge if Arsenal go on and beat United next week like they've the league won I'm afraid uh, so uh, it's uh, it's big it certainly is big um, and uh, do we have some I, oh no we don't um, thought we had might have had some Ivan Tony goal reaction there um, but Liverpool are talking about slumps jeez it's, re- it's really bad for Liverpool at the moment Brighton 3 Liverpool nil. here's Richard Newman full time Brighton at Hope Albion 3 Liverpool nil. a superb Brighton performance possibly their best win under Roberto De Zerbi but Liverpool were abject they looked short of ideas and energy Brighton controlled the first half couldn't get the goal they all came in the second Solly March took just a minute after the break to score a tap in but his second was a peach into the far corner the best goal of the game though was through sub Danny Welbeck a brilliant flick over the head of Joe Gomez and calm finish 
fighting was slick, but for Liverpool, it's now six goals conceded in two Premier League games, and that was against Albion and Brentford. It's finished Brighton 3, Liverpool 0. Liverpool have suffered back-to-back defeats in the Premier League for the second time this season now after that last manager Jurgen Klopp wasn't happy with the number of challenges they failed to win when they went 3-1 down away to Brentford he says this was even worse I can't remember a game when we were that open uh, it's horrible to watch to be honest and um, again what can I say it's um, sorry again my responsibility we have to, to do it better yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Jurgen Klopp deals with all of this because, um, look, let's face it, he often likes to throw out a few excuses when things don't go his way and people can take that whatever way they want, but he does throw out a lot of excuses. He didn't throw any excuses after this because he can't anymore. Uh, so it's going to be interesting now to see how he deals with this and to see if Liverpool can arrest the farm and uh, get themselves back into a race for the top four. But to be honest with you, it's looking very, very difficult now. Um, although I suppose with Chelsea falling away, look, it mightn't be... We thought last year as well they were going to struggle for top four. Uh, so look, or sorry, apologies, the season before, possibly those couple of years have uh, really mel- melted into one in my mind uh, over the lockdown and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the couple of times that Liverpool have been in trouble uh, to try and get top four, they managed to pull it out. Uh, so... Um, yeah, of course they went to the last day with City of course they nearly won the league uh, last year did Liverpool uh, but not this year I'm afraid uh, full time between Everton and Southampton and finished 2-1 here's Shane Pennington it's finished Everton 1 Southampton 2 and the pressure really is starting to grow now on Everton boss Frank Lampard as Southampton come from behind to move level on points with their hosts after their third win in a week it all looked good for Everton on 39 minutes when Damari Gray's free kick was headed home by Amadou Anana. but then two goals in the second half and James Ward-Prowse turned this game on its head first a minute into the second period Adams knocked down Walker-Peters pass to James Ward-Prowse who just slotted into the right left-hand corner of the net and then right here towards the end of the game Anthony Gordon gave away a ridiculous free kick in a dangerous position and Ward-Prowse stepped up to deliver a perfect free kick 25 yards out over the wall and into the left-hand bomb corner of the net Booze are full-time here it's finished Everton 1, Southampton 2 Yeah, 1-0 lead slipping for Everton they're now just off the foot of the table on goal difference manager Frank Lampard tells Sky News he knows results must improve if he's to stay in his role so I'm the Premier League football manager. There's pressure in the job wherever you are. There's always expectation, parameters, things that you want to get to. So there's a constant pressure. Yeah, and there's a sit-in protest as well by Everton fans at the end against the board. Elsewhere, Wolves beat West Ham 1-0. It's almost time for Bally Giblin to celebrate an All-Ireland title. Uh, counting down the last couple of seconds at Croke Park, Joseph O'Sullivan has gotten man of the match. It's 1.15 to 11 points, 62 and a half minutes gone. Three were added on massive congratulations uh, look they're going to win at this stage so uh, fantastic news now uh, tomorrow evening Cork Ladies football legend 10 time All-Ireland winner Valerie Mulcahy she's joined the Big Red Bench team to present a brand new series Hear Me Roar will see Valerie speaking to sports stars over the next six weeks about their careers their greatest achievements their low points and everything else in between episode one on Sunday features former professional golfer Lisa McGuire while other guests include rowing legend Sunita Puspor Ireland hockey star Nikki Daly and Valerie's former Cork teammate Breege Corkery Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy will air as part of the Big Red Bench Sunday evenings at 6pm on Cork's Red FM have a listen to this uh, little preview What makes sports women tick? 
What motivates us? What inspires us? Who is the person behind the athlete? My name is Valerie Mulcahy. I'm a 10-time All-Ireland winner with Cork and a six-time All-Star. Now I'm turning host and talking to some of Cork's greatest sports stars or those who have a strong connection with Cork. In this series, I'm speaking to six inspiring athletes to find out their answers to these questions. This is Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy. Our first episode is with a trailblazing Irish golfer who has since retired from professional golf and turned her hand to dentistry. Hi, I'm Lisa Maguire, former professional golfer, and you're listening to Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy. Lisa and her twin sister, Leona, were trailblazers for women's golf in this country. Lisa is now full-time at University College Cork, studying dentistry. We spoke about her origins in the sport, how she knew it was time to step away, her relationship with her twin sister, Leona, and much more. But first... She told me how she's settling into her new home on the banks of the lake. Yeah, no, it's been good so far, so good. Starting to feel a bit more like home away from home, I suppose. Um, yeah, so first year wasn't down here at all. Last year was the first year settling in, so definitely starting to find my feet more. Yeah, that's a little preview from Hear Me Roar, which will be uh, starting tomorrow evening and uh, it'll be every Sunday evening for the next six weeks from 6pm on Cork's Red FM and the Big Red Bench. Belly Giblin are All-Ireland champions. They've won the All-Ireland Club Junior Hurling Championship. They've beaten Eski 115 to 11 points. A massive congratulations. I'm absolutely delighted for every single one of those players. Ronan Dwan as well on the sideline. Uh, just a heartbreak last year. It was there last year on Croke Park. Um, it was uh, one point loss to Munkine, especially when it, they seemed like they had no hope in the game and all of a sudden they got back into it and nearly turned over Munkine and they've finally gotten back there so I'm absolutely thrilled for Belly Giblin well well done and uh, plenty of reaction coming up this weekend on the bigger bench to that victory now let's listen to part one uh, before the break of our NFL preview with the Irish NFL show's Colm Cronin on uh, Wildcard Weekend here, Colum, myself and Colum sum up the uh, regular season and all the big stories. All right, it's that time of year again. It's Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. And to preview it all and to discuss the next couple of weeks of NFL action is Colum Cronin of the Irish NFL show. Colum, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench again. Always delighted to chat to you, Aiden. And we have had a fascinating regular season and it is shaping up to be truly a veritable feast of football over the next month or thereabouts. Yeah, I suppose. First of all, let's reflect on that regular season. And the biggest story has happened in the last couple of weeks, which we'll get to in Damar Hamlin. But outside of that, what have been the biggest stories from 2022 and the regular season? I think, Aiden, this has been the year of the quarterback. We always talk about quarterbacks being the most important position in American football, but this year possibly even more so when you consider everything in relation to Russell Wilson in particular and my beloved Broncos who have had a, a poor year. They made an, a, a huge, huge trade. The expectations were sky high. You had... NFN analysts who said the Broncos were going to go to the Super Bowl. And before that last game of the season, they had four wins. They fired their uh, rookie head coach. I mean, it's really unusual 
for for listeners they mightn't be aware this isn't like maybe um the the premier league or others where you know we have seen teams have three managers in a year uh, at times Watford spring to, to mind but that is not the case in the NFL generally guys stick around they get at least a year generally two or three even if things aren't going well so it tells you how bad things were with the broncos they gave russell wilson a quarter of a billion dollars and they now have a little bit of a conundrum on their hands because they are looking for a new head coach to fix Russell Wilson. And that is a, a pretty big problem to, to have. Uh, so that, that I think is kind of what everyone has been talking about this year. Everything has been about Russ. We've seen former Seattle Seahawks teammates take shots at him. And we've seen some of his current teammates come to his defense. Um, but that, that's one that got everyone talking. And I suppose what came out of that, the, you know, the Seahawks got a haul of picks. They did an incredible draft. They have made the, the playoffs. But next year, we're looking, it's going to be the QB as well. Will Tom Brady be in Tampa Bay? Will Aaron Rodgers ride off into the the sunset or or will he come back? And the the Packers have uh, decisions to to make there. Kyler Murray uh, is going to have a new head coach when he comes back from his injury. And obviously, the, the Raiders are moving on from Derek Carr. So there will be a new quarterback in Vegas. So it just seems, Aiden, that, uh, you know, every year you think maybe things will settle down a little bit. Maybe there, there won't be as, ma- as much drama surrounding the, the quarterbacks, but it only seems to ramp up every single year. Yeah, and we it was when we were previewing the the draft. I think that uh, it was it was the week that Tom Brady announced his retirement, and uh, here he is again. We're still talking about him. And to be honest, though, it, it, I think he should have stayed retired because it, although they're they're there, they're in the playoffs. It's not been quite the season for him. Like you can see the signs now of age. Uh, the years are starting to catch up with him a small bit, and uh, it looks as if. It's just it, it. It might be a stretch too far for him to keep going at this stage. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you on that, Aidan. I think he. You could see for me last year, and I think we talked about it at the time. It was the first time I had ever seen decline. I still remember watching it, and he went to throw the ball against the Saints, and. It didn't go where he wanted it. And he looked at his hand and he genuinely couldn't believe it. It was like the first time this had ever happened to him that the ball didn't do what he wanted it to do. And, you know, there was that famous saying that Manchester United didn't lose under Alex Ferguson. They ran out of time. And that was the case with Tom Brady for so long. But this year has has been, you've alluded to it, a struggle at times. And obviously there has been the off the field stuff. Um, he is going through a divorce process. Uh, and at times we have seen flashes of the old Brady magic, but overall, this is not the, the QB he once was. He, he, I think when they're in the playoffs, they potentially might, might get lucky against a Dallas team in the, in the first round. We can come to that, but no, he, he does not look like the Tom Brady we saw, uh, leading the Patriots back in that famous win where they came back from 283 down to beat the, the Falcons. I mean, his career, the entirety of his career is littered with so many great moments. Um, but, the talk, Aiden, is he might come back and play again next year. I think that would be 
bananas, to be quite honest. But he seems utterly obsessed with the game. He seems to have an inability to walk away from the game. So if you said to me, could we see Tom Brady in the league next year? I'd say, yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, well, I suppose it's pretty much cost him his marriage at this stage, which probably was the factor by, by the looks of it. But uh, look, uh, we will move on from Tom Brady. And yeah, let's. we might be having another Tom Brady retirement uh, 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 discussion at some stage in the near future. But uh, for now, he's uh, he's getting ready for the playoffs again. Um, Damar Hamlin has been the big story in world sports so far in 2023. And thankfully, it looks like one with a happy ending. He's okay. He's out of hospital. But what a scary moment that was in the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it really was. And I suppose, Aidan, I am old enough to remember when Mark Vivian Foy passed away on the pitch and how incredibly terrible that was. And I'm glad that sport has learned from that situation. And obviously we, we saw the Christian Eriksen situation as well. But, and in this instance with Damar Hamlin, it was the immediate response of the trainers, the immediate response of the medical personnel that allowed him to get the attention that he needed. Otherwise, this could have been um, a really really terrible um, situation. You saw the the response of the players. They were absolutely shocked. Um, And I I think what was probably, there, there was so much uncertainty. I mean, in, in, on the one hand, you have to give the, the NFL, um, credit for having the medical personnel there to deal with a situation so quickly. On the other hand, like the hour afterwards, the fact that it took an hour for them to announce that the game wouldn't restart. Um, I imagine those protocols are going to change entirely. Um, the outpouring of, of you know, genuine love and affection that you saw from the entirety of the NFL community all around the the league has been great. And it is great to to see that kind of continue. And the fact that he is now out of hospital, the the Bills have had a really tough season because Buffalo has been hit by huge storms. They have had to play games away from home. They had to get snowmobiles Aiden out to pick up some of the players from their houses to bring them um, to the team bus so they could get on the, the bus for the, the games. So it's been a crazy year for, for the Bills. Sean McDermott deserves immense credit. This is a guy who lost his right-hand man when Brian Dable went to the Giants. They lost a key piece of their front office when Joe Shane joined Dable to go to the, the Giants, but they haven't missed a beat despite everything that has um, gone on. They sort of have the feeling of team of destiny a little bit and what a story it would be if that were to come to be the case. Yeah, and even then, like the the, the first game back, um, the Bills uh, with a, a, a kick return for a touchdown for the first time in three, three and a half years, like the uh, everyone was you know kind of joking about the the NFL scriptwriters and um but it's it's uh, nobody could could write stuff like that like it just that that swell of emotion in that stadium that day and you know they, they Sky Sports showed the whole build up the whole national anthem which they usually don't do regular season games and then it's just culminating in that first play and like just the absolute explosion of noise when that kick was uh, returned for a touchdown incredible stuff yeah, and, and, and you saw the sideline, you saw players in, in tears when, when that happened. I mean, it was, I mean, the, 
the Bills fans are, are known as Bills Mafia. They're known for being loud. They're known for their antics, uh, jumping off of uh, mobile homes, jumping off a of lamppost onto tables. And yeah, I mean, they, they just it was incredible. Now, Bill Belichick and the Patriots very nearly uh, ruined the, the day for them. And if there was anyone to, to do that, it, well, it might have been Belichick, but they, they found a way to do it. I mean, the, the stories that have come out since obviously Demar has been FaceTiming with his teammates. So I imagine, you know, that's going to, going to be another incentive for, for them. We have seen um, that happen in, in the World Cup with Italy in, in the past and Italy have gone on um, in the, the face of, of tragedy to go on to, to win a World Cup. And as you said, fortunately, um, you know, if the Bills uh, go go all the way to the Super Bowl, Demar Hamlin, fingers crossed, might actually be able to to attend to attend, and what a story that that would be if he was to carry out the the team flag at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break there. We'll get back to Colm afterwards. Uh, I was just watching Fionn Hurley's acceptance speech there on behalf of the Belly Giblin team after they won the All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Championship. Great, great stuff. Plenty of reaction to that coming tomorrow uh, on the Big Red Bench with Rory. We'll be back after this. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Hotels. We often play host to so many of life's big events, whether they're a once-in-a-lifetime occasion or those few magical moments away each year. At FBD Hotels and Resorts, our teams are committed to making every visit memorable, whether it's a drink with an old friend or making that perfect business pitch. Behind each memory is a team that cares. FBD Hotels and Resorts. It's just our way. Thinking about joining AIB? What if by changing your bank, you could also change the way you bank? Just watch. At AIB, we don't make technology for you to bank. We make it for you to live, with all your everyday banking needs at your fingertips. Joining AIB takes just a few simple steps. Discover how to become a customer by visiting AIB.ie. AIB, we back doing. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Just like that. The One Cent Laser Hair Removal Sale is back at Therapy Clinic. Buy a bikini line treatment for €34.95, get underarms for just one cent. Buy a full leg treatment for €89.95, get any bikini line and underarms for just one cent. Book your free consultation today at therapyclinic.com. Offer ends January 31st. You hurl your hearts out for the people who know you inside out. And when you put the ball over the bar, you put the parish on the map. Because when it's club, it lives forever. This Saturday at Croke Park, Ballygiblin take on Eski in the AIB GAA Junior Hurling Final at 5. And Monoline face Turin in the Intermediate Hurling Final at 7. Advanced ticket sales only at GAA.ie or selected Centra and Supervalue stores. This is the AIB GAA Club Championship. This is where we all belong. Discover the great value at your local Musgrave Marketplace branch with our great wow deals. For three days only from January 17th to 19th, pick up Cadbury Snack Sandwich 34 by 6 pack only 47.99 7 up cans 24 by 330 mil only 8.49 Pringles 19 by 165 gram just 22.49 and Shukra 10 by 1 kg only 9.99 Discover the value at your local Musgrave Marketplace branch today Available while stocks last T's and C's apply Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red 
You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock if you are just joining us. Uh, if you're just joining us, then you won't, you might not have heard that Bally Giblin have claimed All-Ireland glory. They are the All-Ireland Junior Club hurling champions after heartbreak last year against Moon Coin. They've come back and they've defeated Eski of Sligo in the decider and it was 116 to 11 points in the end so a comprehensive victory for them Fionn Hurley has just been accepting the cup in the last couple of minutes it was on TG Cahar and uh, Rory's going to have all the reaction tomorrow evening on the big red bench before the break we were talking with Colm Cronin of the Irish NFL show about the regular season gone by and now we're going to jump in to hear his thoughts on the upcoming wildcard weekend and how the Super Bowl lineup might shape up as we head towards the big day in February. Let's uh, look at the, the wildcard weekend and we'll, we'll start off by looking at the NFC bracket and uh, just to get it out the way, I'm going to indulge myself in uh, talking about the New York Giants. Uh, they face uh, the Minnesota Vikings and it's quite incredible for Brian Dayball. First season as head coach, he's don't, he's surely up there as uh, for for head coach of the year. And also Daniel Jones, who I have this argument week after week with, uh, well, one of my friends anyway, and he is a Chargers fan, so that says enough about that. But uh, it, Daniel Jones to get uh, a New York Giants team with basically no wide receiver core to the playoffs and obviously he's had Saquon Barkley who's been unbelievable but uh, Daniel Jones deserves a lot of a lot of credit but Brian Dayball has been incredible with the the coaching staff he's put together and also the the, the team the work ethic he's he's installed in this in this New York Giants team yeah he has he's done a phenomenal job and I suppose himself and Joe Shane set the tone from day one when they went in there they really went out of their way to become part of the community we saw them at hockey games we saw them at basketball games and he has brought that team uh, together and they as you said Daniel Jones has um, been much much more efficient this season they've probably given themselves um you know, a, a nice problem to have in terms of what did they do around the contract. And that will be interesting to see because, you know, the players, the, your NFL career is short. And I have no doubt his agent will be in his ear saying, Daniel, you need to maximize your earnings here. Um, if, if you don't sign with the Giants, I can get you a big deal with the Coles, the Raiders. There's plenty of teams that will be looking for uh, a QB. But, um, you know, does, does he stay where, um, the, the Giants are able, they know him, they can build around him. That would be interesting to, to see what way that might play out. But in, in, he's going up against, I suppose, Kevin O'Connell, who's another contender for, uh, head coach of the year. I think a lot of the head coaching contenders are out of the, the NFC, actually. And this should be a fascinating game. The Christmas Eve game was a six, it was won on a 61 yard walk off field goal. And the, the Vikings are, are notorious for kind of playing to the level of their opponent and generally playing tight. 
in years past, they always lost those tight games. This year, they're winning all the tight games, um, but they are um, losing when they they lose, they, they lose big. They, I think this could be a really, really fascinating game to, to see how they go. It's all about the for the Giants, the D-line. Dexter Lawrence has been outstanding. They've been able to disrupt uh, opposing QBs. For the Vikings, it's about the fact that they have Justin Jefferson, probably the offensive player of the year in, in the league and a guy who really is um, just a, a jewel in the crown. He is incredible what he can do. Probably had catch of the year as well. I I think this is probably the toughest game to call of the weekend and I would not be at all surprised if this went down to another last second field goal in. Absolutely. Hopefully Big Blue come through it because uh, 2016, last time the Giants were in the playoffs and uh, I, I can't even remember the last time they won a playoff game. So uh, it's uh, it's a big one and uh, it's I'm always nervous because it's a big weekend for me in my sort of, you know, sports fanatical uh, life. We have Manchester Derby Saturday, which really could set the tone for things. It could be the start of an horrendous weekend or it could be a start of a really, really good weekend. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, elsewhere, a huge, huge game between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Two teams with plenty of history. They really hate each other. They really do. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's shaped up to be a fascinating one because the Seahawks have nothing to lose. They, as you, as we've mentioned, they absolutely fleeced Denver and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. They didn't expect to be here. So they're going up against a 49ers team with a lot of expectation with nothing to lose. Yeah, and if if Pete Carroll is a contender for Coach of the Year, uh, Schneider, the GM there, is absolutely executive of the year, executive for the decade, executive of the century for um, what they were able to to pull off. And look, Pete Carroll loves this position in in ways. I, look, I, would would he love to be going into it? Obviously, with a, a Hall of Fame QB and and all sorts of weapons, of course, but. He's a wily old fox. I mean, he was at it during the week. I mean, he is the, the Alex Ferguson of, of the NFL in many respects. Oh, he playing the poor mouth and it's so unfortunate. And we're going to play the form team of the league and nobody's giving us a chance. You can be sure he has his players behind closed doors saying, see, nobody gives us a chance, guys. You got to go out and prove it wrong. And they're facing, yes, a 49ers team that are fantastic. Um, that can attack you in multiple ways. Uh, you can see, I mean, Debo Samuel, it, for, it, we've probably become accustomed to what Debo can do. Um, and, and so we're less kind of blown away by it this year. They have Kittle. They brought in Christian McCaffrey, but how will Brock Purdy handle the playoff? This is win or go home. It is totally different from regular season. We have seen plenty of teams, form teams come in, but it's very different. He's a young rookie QB. He is fortunate. He has, um, one of the best offensive minds in Kyle Shanahan to scheme for him. Um, but I would not sleep on the, the Seahawks in this one I think this will probably be closer than a lot of people anticipate yeah Brock Purdy as well he's a real sort of Rudy character isn't he wasn't he the, the very last pick of the, of the NFL draft and he beat Tom Brady which was huge and uh, the pictures that day were were brilliant his his parents in the crowd and everything like that uh, he's been a massive story and yeah that's uh, going to be a good one two teams who straight up don't like each other uh, finally in the NFC the Cowboys and Tampa Bay the Cowboys status Cowboys have they are cursed can they break the course the playoff course 
I don't know. And I, I, they, like they, they should be right. Cause the, the expectation is that they will go into uh, Tampa. And even though they're on the road, they're favorites. But I just, I don't trust Dak. Dak is throwing interceptions at the rate that we haven't seen. And in order to, to beat Brady, you can't, even now, you can't make mistakes and you can't afford to, to do that. And I just don't know if the Cowboys will be able to avoid the mistakes on offense. I think defensively, Micah Parsons is obviously very fired up for, for this. That's one thing to, to keep an eye on, uh, is, uh, how many, how many times can he get to Brady? But I, I, for me, I'm favoring Tampa in this one because I think that um, while they might suffer against um, opponents like the 49ers or the Eagles, I just think they'll be able to take care of the Cowboys. The other thing is Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys in his career. I don't think that starts this weekend. Yeah, it's incredible. I uh, didn't even know that about Tom Brady not losing to the Cowboys, but it's not a surprise either, is it? Um, switching attention to the AFC, the big clash is probably it, it will it is the Ravens versus the Bengals um two of the best quarterbacks in in the league in uh, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow going head to head two teams that have been contenders for the last couple of years now as well and uh even though the Bengals were a shock last year I didn't actually expect them to follow it up this year either it's uh, going to be a really good clash it's a star-studded clash it should be, but the question is, Aiden, will, will Lamar play? Because he has missed five weeks at, at this point. He hasn't been practicing. He's suffering from a knee injury. He took to, to Twitter himself, uh, to talk, to say he had a PCL grade two sprain, borderline of a grade three, and that there is still inflammation surrounding the knee. That was, uh, overnight that, that he said that. So, is, is he going to play? And if he doesn't play, the, to me, this is only going to go in, in one way. I just don't think the Ravens score enough points. They're very strong defensively. They have a very, very good head coach, but they're playing against a Bengals team who have a bit of a chip on their shoulder now. Um, they feel that, you know, had circumstances, um, been different, they could have, um, potentially been number one seeds. Um, and they feel a little bit aggrieved by the way in which they, they lost out on that. When Joe Burrow is playing with a chip on his shoulder, my goodness, he is a force to be reckoned with. He is just fantastic. And he approach, his approach to the game, you cannot rattle him. He got sacked nine times against the Titans last year. It didn't change his approach. They were getting absolutely hockey by the Chiefs in Arrowhead and it, they, he just didn't change his, his approach and that is what makes him such a special QB if Lamar was fit I think this would be a, a really fascinating matchup between divisional rivals um, but ultimately Lamar not being there that it, it's the Bengals in this one for me and then the Ravens have to see what they can get done in terms of Lamar's contract um, because he is out of contract now they can tag him Will he play on the tag? There's all sorts of things to consider uh, in the off season for, for the Ravens. But Lamar Jackson is their offense. He is that, that good. Um, but unfortunately, he just hasn't been fit. Um, elsewhere, the Chargers against the Jaguars seems like a bit of a formality. Would you agree? 
I I don't. You see, I this is an interesting one because I, I I am I I have see, I just don't I I think Justin Herbert is a brilliant quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think he he really is fantastic, and the Chargers have some nice pieces. But I think the Chargers are so Spursy. I think when the when it comes to the crunch time, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like they, I just don't trust them. And I have seen like you know you can get you can get at them. I mean, my Broncos have been bad for uh, a long time. Ever you know ever since winning Super Bowl Fifty, they haven't been back to the, the the playoffs, and yet they've consistently beaten the Chargers. Even last week when the Chargers had their starters out there, even last year when Vic Fangio lost his job because the Broncos were so bad, they were still able to, to beat the Chargers. So I think this will be a fascinating matchup. Um, I, I mean, both of these guys uh, in terms of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, the two QBs, they could be doing ads for Timothy. Uh, their hair is uh, so uh, luxurious. I, I think that this could be a really fascinating matchup because Doug Pedersen has done a phenomenal job. He on the AFC side, him and Sean McDermott would be my shouts for coach of the year. He came in to a train wreck, a dumpster fire, and he has turned it around. And if you look at Trevor Lawrence's stats over the back end of the season, he's been a top five QB. I know they haven't had to play, uh, you know, teams that are uh, fantastic, but ultimately they have got the job done. And Jacksonville, just it's not a nice place to go. Teams have gone in there. You know, we saw the Coles last year. I've seen plenty of teams go in there uh, and and really, really struggle. So I don't think it's it's a formality. Um, I, I think the the Chargers as well. How fit is Mike Williams? I think that's a key piece. And so for that reason, I I wouldn't be at all surprised if the the Jags. I mean, even though they're at home, the the Chargers are favored. So in that respect, it would be a, a bit of an upset. But I wouldn't be surprised if if that was to to come to pass. Yeah, you can. I suppose the Chargers are very, very unreliable. To be fair, um, finally, the Bills versus the Dolphins. Um, obviously, Tua Tagovailoa, the Dolphins QB, is out. He has been. I mean, there there needs to be. An, there's been a lot of investigations into the Miami Dolphins over the past couple of seasons, but one needs to be taken into the health of Tua Tagovailoa because, the, like, the poor lad has been played to death nearly. It's it really is a scary situation. Um, obviously he won't be played. Looks like they were going to throw him in there for a bit, um, but he's not going to be playing against the Bills. And uh, so, realistically, the Bills they should have a little to worry about here. Yeah, that's the that's the reality of it. I mean, for for Tua, as you said, like it's all about his kind of long term health and. The, the question, Aiden, and I'm somebody who who loves the, the the sport of American football, who thinks the spectacle is fantastic, but they have to figure this out because Tua has two, three, potentially four concussions this year, and that is a huge, huge issue. Um, the fact that the Dolphins didn't acknowledge some of them, we heard like nonsense, like oh he had, we saw like we saw him buckle on the field, and they put it down to a back spasm, and that's just ridiculous. So there, there are you know you can put proper safety. Um, protocols in place and those need to be tightened. Like if you have a concussion, 
you should not be allowed to go out there the following week. Um, and, and they need to be independent verification. The team doctor should not be able to sign because players are going to want to go out there. You know, they have, as I said, it's a very short window. Um, and, and everything is built up for, for them. They're going to want to do it. So that choice has to be taken away from them. But ultimately, yeah, Skylar Thompson. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there it would be a precedent for how big of an upset this would be. Um, this is, it's unfortunate for that, that to it does it for him, obviously for the watching, because this, we saw the Dolphins beat the Bills earlier in the year. We saw them run them close uh, as well in Buffalo. This could have been a great matchup, but it, it is not going to be for the AFC. Realistically, I don't think the wild card weekend will be that exciting. I think you're talking about the divisional round where it kicks off. It's much more intriguing on the NFC side. Just quickly, uh, we'll get a quick fire uh, prediction on the ultimate lineup of the Super Bowl. NFC wise, who do you think is going to come out on top? I think ultimately it comes down to the 49ers and the Eagles in the championship game. And I think at that point it comes down to how fit is Jalen Hurts and how fit is Lane Johnson. I think Lane Johnson, the right tackle for the Eagles, I don't, I think you cannot overstate his importance um, on the line. If he is there, they can be so varied and so explosive. Nobody knows if they're going to run the ball. Nobody knows if they're going to pass the ball. I'm going to say he is fit. And for me, the Eagles make the Super Bowl uh, over the 49ers on the NFC side of things. I'm going to forgive you for mixing up the Eagles and the Giants there, but we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the other side, then it comes down again, probably to the Bills and the Chiefs. Would you say? Uh, well, I suppose the Bengals could be there and thereabouts if they do get through. But uh, for me, anyway, uh, what, what do you think? It's the Bills or the Chiefs for me. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, like I do. I do think the Bengals will make noise. I, I don't. None of those. Any of those three, I think, are, are more than capable of making it. So it's going to come down to what happens on the day. Um, the fact that the, it won't be at Arrowhead, I think, is an issue. Um, you know, or for the for the Chiefs, I, I think the Bills really, as I said, feel like a team of destiny. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the the Bills. But I think when it comes down, as I said, to the divisional round and the conference championship game, that AFC will be fascinating. That could be potentially even better than the Super Bowl this year. And will the Bills finally do it? Will they when they will they win their first ever Super Bowl? I I think they will. I I, I think they they will. They like they, even coming into the the year and we talked about it that thirteen seconds last year. Um, and how would that, how would they respond to that? That was my biggest question with the Bills. Would that kind of become an albatross around their neck that they were unable to shake off? And that has not been the case. I think the fact they've managed to overcome that, they've managed to overcome having to, to play games away from Buffalo. Um, you know, the, 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 horrific events surrounding DeMar, but the fact that now he is getting healthy. I think, yeah, it, it just has that absolute team of destiny feel. Um, you know, you go back and, and that happens in sports. Sometimes we've seen it in World Cups. We've seen it like Liverpool in 05 in the, that Champions League run. And we've seen it in the NFL previously. And I think that the Bills are on that sort of run. But I could well end up with egg on my face for that. But that's how it feels. 
Yeah, we're going to leave that chat there. A big, big thank you to Colm Cronin of the Irish NFL show. And if you are a big fan of NFL, you should give the guys a look. It's a really great show, uh, pretty much two or three times a week. So uh, give them a look. All right, we're going to round out the show by talking to Paul Shocknessy. He's the host of the Backdoor GA podcast and he's putting together a charity drive. He's going to tell us all about it here and you can get involved by uh, listening in and following all of his links if you'd like to support the charity. All right, I'm joined on the line now by host of the Backdoor GA podcast, Paul Shocknessy. Paul, thanks a million for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Not a bother at all, Aidan. Uh, delighted to chat to you now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm speaking to you as uh, you've uh, you've a bit of a charity drive going on here to start off 2023. Uh, first of all, uh, tell us, Paul, how the idea came about and what is it you're doing? Yeah, so it's probably something I had in the pipeline for a good while, but... I've always wanted to bring uh, Gaelic clubs on the market and I w- kind of wanted to do something different so I was having to think about it for a few months of how I could approach this differently because just with there being so many club companies out there it was important to try and think for me to do something different and I suppose for charities it's it's something I've been passionate about because mental health is such an issue uh, in this country with just so many different people uh, experiencing issues and let's get talking then um, I'm from Galway myself and they'd have an office there but they're based all around the country so I then I decided to bring uh, these Gaelic clubs on the market and just they're arriving out this week thankfully it's it's taken a while to get them but Every donation uh, from the Gaelic clubs I said would go to Let's Get Talking and that's just really important because they're a mental health charity but like a lot of mental health charities, a lot of their staff are volunteers so they're relying on funding so hopefully this is something now that they can hugely benefit from. Yeah, and it's the right time of year as well. Loads of loads of players going back to uh, to Gaelic games and Gaelic football starting up again, and um, loads of kids as well, of course, going back playing. So if uh, parents are, are looking out to to get something, uh, to get to get a pair of uh, Gaelic football gloves, it's uh, it is a great idea. And rather than going into to a sports shop in the middle of town, it's a great idea to to support a charity that that uh, it, it's much needed for. Exactly, and a lot of inter-county players would be wearing these gloves. Uh, at the moment, there's eight brand ambassadors, so that's going to be massive. You talk there about kids um, going back to football, and I suppose kids seeing these players wear the, the gloves on national television, whether they're going to the match or anything, that, that's where I suppose your market is, because when... Uh, kids like that see these players wearing the gloves on TV and appeal to them and they might want to wear them gloves because that particular player is wearing them but yeah like the the most the most important thing from uh, the gloves and everything being sold is just that it's going to go to a really really worthy cause because like as I mentioned earlier on like we're just seeing more and more people probably have mental health issues but people who have issues who maybe want to talk about it privately or people some people still probably aren't talking because we still kind of have this stigma around mental health and like the the message from this and from me is just how it's so important to talk yeah absolutely um paul how do we get uh, how do we get our hands on the gloves and uh how of course do we do we contribute to, to the charity effort yeah so uh 
the gloves now will be coming on the market this weekend. Um, they will be available through Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram on the Backdoor GA social media channels or by contacting uh, 085-169-0335. They're available in small, medium and large and the colours they come in are black, uh, camouflage and white. Uh, the cost of the gloves would be €12 Euro, and then with that, when you pay that twelve euro, um, from that twelve euro you pay your donate your donation from that twelve euro, then will automatically go um to let's get talking. Uh, so that's how you will donate to the charity. Once you buy the pair of gloves, a donation from that sale then will go over to uh, let's get talking. Yeah, great stuff there from Paul Shocknessy. Make sure you go give them a look if you're interested in helping out. Let's get talking. A fantastic mental health charity. That's all we have time for. Well done to Munster today in both codes. And of course, congratulations to Bally Giblin, the All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Champions. Uh, Rory will be along tomorrow. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.